The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our PC. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea. Lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com, kids. It's the Boston Podcast Network. We'll produce the whole thing for you, start to finish. And it's fun, by the way. You can do it in our Westwood Mass studios or anywhere around the globe. We'll send you out a quality USB mic to get you started. Pod617.com. It's the Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, enough of that. Enough of that. Because we're going to be talking about bourbon today. Yes, bourbon. If you don't like bourbon, eh, maybe this isn't the episode for you. But maybe it'll turn you on to bourbon. And I have someone here to tell us about this new bourbon product coming to Boston. Taffer's Brown Browned Butter Bourbon, James. It's James Verrier is here, and he's going to talk us through this thing. So let's welcome James to the virtual studios. James, how are you? Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, it is. It is Taffer's Brown Buttered Bourbon. Say that ten times fast. Uh, it's a, bit, <laughs> a little bit tongue twister, but no. If you obviously, if you're if you're a bourbon drinker, it's something new for you to try. And if if you're not, I mean, you just like whiskey or spirits in general. I think we've got an offering that appeals to a pretty broad spectrum of tastes overall. Very cool. So the story starts with John Taffer. Now I've seen him on tv like a lot of people he's the he has the the bar rescue show is his thing is that right and other things too that that is correct i believe uh if my math is correct it's just going through it's uh entering its eighth season actually um and john when it comes to hospitality has really been kind of a an industry guru overall for decades in, in the business and Really, there's there's no one from a hospitality standpoint that really the media or anyone turns to more than than John Tapper. So this is his namesake brand. He who who's the the angry chef guy? I'm blanking on his name. You know, Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. So so who who gets angrier, Gordon Ramsay or John? I think Gordon Ramsay's uh, more of a bitter guy. John seems to have a soft spot. He, well, yeah, and, and the, I, mean, I think the part that, that most people don't see is really the off-camera part, which at the end is really the resolve of the show, because it's really all about helping people at the end. It's sort of the phoenix rising from the ashes, and John John does provoke, but there's there's a reason for that, um, and that's to, to really determine if you still got a fire within your belly to save your own business. Yeah. And so what you don't see is the off-mic stuff when people are hugging and kissing John at the end saying, you, know, you save my business, you save my family, you save my life. Um, and so, but no, John, John really does have a soft spot. He's a, he's a great mentor and a great boss. So, and you are, are you like his Boston guy? I know you're, you're the executive brand manager. So actually, I guess you're, you're not purely a Boston guy, but you're here to tell us about the Boston intro. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Now, so while we're based in Las Vegas, largely, I am the, the, the Commonwealth holdout here. Okay. Oh, cool. for Massachusetts. 
I am local, uh, born and bred Massachusetts. All right. And uh, so my, my job really is to play the go between, uh, between effectively what we're doing in Las Vegas, start some management over that, but really giving the, the brand the best opportunity for success within the Massachusetts marketplace. So that's working with our distributors, with bars, with restaurants, really any, any time you see, taste, touch, or have any contact with the brand, I have some involvement with to really give it its best opportunity to, to be introduced, to come to life and, and really plow a path to success moving forward. Mm-hmm. All right. So now you've come to the right place because I happen to be a bourbon drinker. It, it is my go-to liquor of choice. And usually I come in with a skeptical eye, I will tell you. Because there have been other brands that have tried to do the the flavored bourbons. And Knob Creek comes to mind. They had like a maple honey thing or something like that. Sure. Uh, then you get all the ones that are supposed to taste like peanut butter. After a sip and you go, yeah, it tastes like peanut butter. After that, I'm no longer interested in it. Most of them go too sweet. Angel's Envy, I think, is another one that does a flavored one. Anyway, but tell me why this one may be different. Sure. And, and I, I, I think you picked up on, on some points there and particularly coming from a, a, a gentleman who is a, a, a bourbon connoisseur, you do get a lot of uh, no snub at the whole notion yeah. ultimately. But in the development of this was really a whiskey forward proposition. So it's got a slightly higher ABV. So a lot of the flavors that you see in the marketplace come in at 70 and mm. we're actually an 80 proof. So we're okay. coming in with basically a whiskey forward palette. I think the other the other piece of the puzzle with this too, so it does deliver sort of that bourbon experience. So you get a little bit of that bourbon bite and then the flavor sort of lingers and will sit there after. So when I tell particularly bourbon enthusiasts, I said, listen, I know you're going to, you may have your, your, your questions about this. Right. I want you to sip it. I want you to get that burn initially. And I just want you to let that sit on your palate for a little bit. And they generally come back and say, wow, that's pretty amazing. So the whole idea was to make it more whiskey forward rather than flavored forward. And that comes from the bourbon. We use, we actually start with a traditional bourbon process rather than a whiskey, which a lot of the other flavors are. Now, because we do add some flavoring in it at the back end of the process, we can no longer call it a pure bourbon. It becomes mm. a flavored whiskey, but it starts off as a bourbon. And so it's that whole notion of really a, a higher quality, higher proof proposition coming into it that delivers on the on the bourbon end on the back. So it, it really can play to say someone like like yourself who who might be a bourbon traditionalist but looking for something different or someone who is really just loves flavored spirits overall and is looking to make a transition into the bourbon and whiskey you know, worlds overall so it kind of it, it bridges an interesting place in the marketplace i'd say so here's what i didn't tell you i've already tried it james i have already tried it i w- i went out in anticipation this interview and I went to my local uh, liquor store in Mansfield, and much to my uh, surprise and pleasant surprise, there it was, uh, Taffer's Brown Butter Bourbon. So I said, I'm going to try it. And may I say, it is excellent. It really is. It is. And I'm not saying this because you're on the show, James. It. I, I was skeptical. I usually, I have... <laughs> And I fall for this stuff sometimes, too, because it's like, oh, that's got to be good. I honest to God, I, I bought well, a couple months ago cookie cookie dough. Yeah, it was cookie dough bourbon. I'm like, well, how can that be bad? Cookie dough is great. 
Bourbon's great. Two great tastes that taste great together. And uh, it's just kind of gross. It doesn't work. But this one, I think you get just the right. First of all, it's genius to call it browned butter bourbon because it, there's no one that doesn't l- enjoy the, like when you say browned butter like that, it's like you can smell it. Like it's, it's just. Exactly. It's, no, it's, it's a multi-sensory thing right. going on. We can talk a little bit more about that too. Yeah. So yeah, my report card is it's it's an A because it is you get you get the sweetness, but I mean if you're drinking bourbon in the first place, you want a little bit of sweetness. That's why we don't drink scotch. That's us bourbon people, and the the you can taste notes of that butter of that brown sugar, and yet it's not overpowering. So you can it's the bourbon to have when you're having more than one if you want to if you want to please drink responsibly everyone. But then. I took it a step further, James. I went and looked for a recipe for, and there was a recipe for like a brown butter Manhattan. And it was very simple. A little bit of brown, brown sugar, mix it with the water. So you make like a simple brown sugar syrup and then the, the, the some bitters in there. And I forget what else, but pretty simple. And that was really great. So now I'm doing your job for you, James. So you're welcome. But, but, <laughs> but we're done here now. <laughs> But but yeah, tell me about that. Or does it lend itself to cocktails? Oh, a- a- absolutely. And, and in fact, that, that was a, that's a perfect segue because mm. it's 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 very diverse, and you you'd be surprised the places you can take it to. It actually does very well with things like pineapple juice. Wow, everything. I mean, almost like, to the extent of of doing a mai tai with it, which you wouldn't even really think about. But espresso martini, we do an amazing one. Uh, Amazing job with that. Whiskey sour is just over over the moon. And mm. and actually one of the best expressions of it, and you you sort of hit on part of it, is is basically what we call our gold fashion. But it's basically an old fashioned that you don't even need to add any sugar to or mm. a sugar cube to. Just just basically tappers and a couple dashes of bitters and you're off off to the races. Right. And we we we're, you know, constantly sort of looking at at ways to further expand it but it, it does really mix well across the board in in places that you wouldn't think most spirits would and and really year-round i mean obviously we're just coming out of winter here but you you think about doing like a, a whiskey and water with some lemon and honey during the winter as a winter warmer hot toddies i mean the list kind of goes on and on and on but it but it, we really think we've created something that transcends really the, the the boundaries of time, particularly in the Northeast. Yeah. With a hot toddy, it would, it would make sense to me because that that's, you know, hot. you want to drink flavored coffee or a hot chocolate, but then you want a little more oomph. I'd be drinking it right now on the program if it weren't for the fact that it's barely lunchtime today. I, I do have, I do have, I have certain limits as we record this though. It's, it's still not quite noon. So is this Taffer's first entree into, into liquor? His own? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, technically speaking, it, you know, it, it is. He said is obviously his, his background, obviously in hospitality. But this is a, it's an interesting story kind of behind this, because you can well imagine between all the episodes of Bar Rescue, sort of the, the ability to, to actually create something new after creating hundreds of recipes, one on top of the other. So this, the story and how this kind of came to be was it was really kind of a post episode of Bar Rescue because 
in reality, what they're able to do in just a few days is absolutely amazing. But you can imagine coming off the adrenaline rush of wrapping an episode and sort of playing around in the kitchen a little bit with your chefs and your mixologists. And there was this notion that John had come up with, and, and you, you kind of talked a little bit about in the Reese's world, right? Two great tastes and great tastes <laughs> together. Yeah. So well, how do you take brown butter and then bring that and meld that into effectively a, a whiskey? Mm. And they tried it and came up with something that was pretty amazing o- overall to the point that John thought, well, I, I've got to do something with this beyond just the, the, the bunch of us in the kitchen right now. So the real testing ground, believe it or not, was Taffer's Tavern. And the idea was to brown, brown butter in itself, mix that in with a whiskey. And basically put that in a sous vide bag, which is a effectively a plastic bag that goes in a heated water and boils for about four hours. Mm. Take that, take that out, let it sit in the refrigerator overnight, and then basically the the fats from the from the butter separate from the whiskey and you skim that. And they created a drink that kind of went on trial there called the Campfire. And it just took off like gangbusters. And I mean, they couldn't make it fast enough. And the issue, obviously, too, is be, because we had a butter process. Butter is part of the process. Kind of limited shelf life. So, right. they, so really, how do you take that now and commercialize that and make it to something that's really viable for the marketplace? So hmm. the demand was was really there. And so then it was really a, a, a question of trying to figure out how to make it all work and, and bring it to the market the way it did. But it really had its its foot in sort of one foot in the kitchen and one foot in the bar, and that's here we are today. So, so yeah, this is this is mixology above my pay grade, but the the might as well, yeah, because okay. you had to find a way. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't go bad once it's in the bottle, right? Once it's in the bottle, I take it 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 doesn't have an expiration date like milk, right? No, 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 no. There's no, the, the final product, which you, you t- you're tasting or right. tasted, I should right. say, yeah. does not have any dairy in it whatsoever. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's just got those flavors locked in. Okay. Well, let me ask you, so, I mean, this is your world and people, people love cocktails. People that, and it always fascinates me that the cocktails can be subject to trends because Martinis have been around since the dawn of time, but all of a sudden in like the the 90s or whatever, everyone wanted a chocolate martini, which isn't even really a martini. We both know that. But anyway, tell me what what it's like to be in your industry. Does that make it fun trying to I mean, or then again, maybe I'm asking the wrong guy because you're a taffer guy and this is your first product, but if you, but still your world. So what is it like to work in the world of cocktails? No, I think it, 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 it's exciting. And I, I think the, the end benefactor really at the end of the day is a consumer because there's such a proliferation of flavors in the marketplace. And I think it's, it, again, it, it's, it's like a new day. And can we, can we do something different with this product and mix it with that and, and create really something new that, that hopefully will catch no, no pun intended lightning in a bottle. But you do see things like now sort of this. You talked about martinis, for instance. The espresso martini is the hottest thing since sliced bread right now. Yeah. So, and I think obviously looking at and that and that. Sorry to interrupt you, James, but I take it a an espresso martini. I want to say is is vodka and like coffee flavored liqueur and maybe chocolate flavored liqueur that sort of thing. 
Yeah, you're, you're yeah, right pretty on. much. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I uh, see. I went to bartending school in the '90s, New England Bartender School, right there on uh, Boylston Street. I doubt it's still there. Graduated at the top of my class. Uh, there, there were eight. There were eight people in the class. I think. But, was that class? But back then, right? But back, but back then, martini was gin and vermouth, basically. That's what a, that's what a martini is. And then somewhere along the way, the vodka people just hijacked it. Sorry, this is a side side story, anyways. But now, but now, mar- a martini seems to be anything with vodka in it and uh, some other flavors. I don't know. Your your thoughts yeah, on that? You're you're you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's been it's definitely been co opted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just because every. I mean, it's it it sounds cool to order a martini. Everyone wants to order a martini. Anyway, so you were saying yes, you were saying espresso martini. I, I think I I think. There's, there are, I think it's a, it's a constant challenge, but it's a good challenge to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listen, at the end of the day, if you don't like what you, what you, what you just made, pour it out and start over. Good you know, point. it's not a life, it's not a lifetime commitment necessarily to what's in that glass that moment, but I think it's, it's, it's always a challenge, but it's, it's one that's embraced by the, by the, 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 the folks that are out in their field, the bartenders and mixologists really, you know coast to coast but I, but i also think too that we we need to keep up with the ending and keep it keep it fresh for consumers and because they, they demand it so yeah. i just remember being at a dinner of some sort and sitting at the table with these people i had just met and there was a woman there she was eh, i don't know maybe late 30s or something but she said i think i'd like to try a martini i've never had one before and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, sure, order a martini." She orders a a martini up in a in a chilled, of course, in a martini glass. She takes a sip and she goes, "Oh, that's strong." And I was like, "Well, I guess nobody told you a martini is one hundred percent, other than like a little bit of water in there, maybe from the melted ice. A martini is a hundred percent alcohol." And she said, "Really? Oh, I always thought it was just some fun drink that tasted good." I said, eh, "Well, live and learn, live and learn." So, will will is it possible that Taffer creates a whole line of bourbons, or right now we're just with the with the brown butter? What do you think? No, I think this is this is really the 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 entree, and then we'll we'll see over time. But this is this is definitely the, the lead punch for sure. And again, John's got his got a, has a lot of interests and makes a lot of things happen. So I'm not necessarily ruling it out, but this this is our focus for now. I'll also say it's a bargain. It's it's priced at I want to say about thirty five bucks. Does that sound about right? Yeah, you're right on the money for a uh, seven hundred and fifty. There, the you know your sort of normal size, and which which is a very I'll tell you a very competitive price because it's just right around the price of a Maker's Mark. I would say, which is a terrific bourbon in my opinion, but nowhere near as much as some of the other premium bourbons out there. Is that is that right? No, absolutely. And I think part of the idea was to to, to make it in, in a way too that it was a somewhat of an affordable luxury and a premium indulgence, really. So it's it's kind of playing in that in that space where you know you feel obviously you feel great about the purchase because it's a great product, but you're not priced out in the rarefied air of the you know, the Van Winkle world, which is oh, yeah. a whole different. Beast, yeah. You know, so, by the way, if you've never seen, there's a documentary about the the. The people that make Pappy Van Winkle are the Buffalo Trace people, I think. That and, is correct. Yeah, yeah, 
There's a documentary about a, a heist uh, of sorts where people working at the distillery realized that when the price of Pappy Van Winkle went through the roof, that when they when they board up that big barrel of bourbon, that any one of those barrels is worth like maybe a quarter of a million dollars potentially. <laughs> and so guess what? They started stealing it. It was, I forget what the name of the documentary is, but see, you don't have to go stealing Taffer's brown butter bourbon because it's affordable. So there's another benefit for you right there. So where can people find it in the Boston area? Major liquor stores or any special place to look or what? No, major liquor stores. I would say the best place for for anyone to look is our is our website. You can find us online, which will give you basically the ability to sort by zip code. So you found just down the street from your studio. Mm-hmm. But we're we're really across Massachusetts overall and growing. So if you're and I will say if if we don't happen to be in your local bar or local liquor store, ask for it and they'll get it for you. And is that? Taffer's Brown Butter. Wow, that's kind of a long URL. With Taffer's Brown Butter Bourbon dot com, is that it? It is. That's it. Okay. Taffer's Brown Butter Bourbon dot com. Yes. Okay, and it's browned butter. It is. It is brown. Right. So not just brown, but brown with an ed at the end. Anyway, well, congratulations to you, James, on this launch. I wish you a lot of luck. If you're ever in the Westwood area, stop by the studio. I will. I will have. Well, you've probably had enough of it. You're probably sick of it by now. No, but <laughs> I would well, happily ra- raise the glass. You know? Okay. <laughs> no, no doubt. Okay. Well, very cool. Yes. Again, once again, that URL is tafferasbrownedbutterbourbon.com. James Rare, you've, you've been an awesome guest. I hope you had fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like our show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your pods. Go to pod617.com if you want your own show. On behalf of my new best friend, James, because he sells kind of liquor that I enjoy, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. I am a father of-